0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE. This is Mike Maniscalco. You're listening to the Tracking the Storm podcast.
1: That's Mike. Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking the Storm podcast. My name is Brandon. I'm back. I missed you guys last week. I apologize. That's my trusty sidekick, Matthew Soma, who did the filling in for me. Running the show by himself last week. You did it
0: all Um, by myself.
1: I know, you're all grown up. I'm so proud of you. Even though you didn't leave me a slot for the ad break, but it's okay. It's my Um, first day. Yeah, obviously. We got plenty to talk about this week, actually. Um, Obviously, a couple of games have happened since we last spoke. I haven't been on since the trade deadline, so I'm going to throw a few things out about the additions of Yesapulia Yarvi and Shane Gossespierre, who is obviously off to a fantastic start with his new team. Um, Obviously, a couple games in there we're going to talk about. Some really interesting games that that there are a lot of points I want to make about them, especially the Tampa Bay game and then the Montreal game. Um, And lastly, we got some prospect stuff to talk about, Uh, mainly with a couple of college guys that I think um, have some eyes on them right now for different reasons. Uh, It's definitely going to be some interesting discussions that are i think are going to happen internally with the team about those two players this summer or the next couple of days even in one case but uh we'll, we'll go over that in a little bit here but um start things off obviously last night the hurricanes played the montreal canadians that might have been the game that frustrated me more than any other this entire season <laughs> like they were really irritating me and you know sometimes i just get a little irritated anyway but like I mean a couple little plays like making a drop pass outside of the blue line and then skating offside <laughs> or in overtime Natchez reversed a pu- like <laughs> he had one play where the defense was going to start to like kind of sag off him right? like he had possession it's 3 on 3 they were going to sag back and make sure they didn't give up an odd man rush and Natchez just kind of panicked and threw reversed it back up the wall back to Montreal and I was like oh wh-? they were giving him Below the goal line. Like, he could have just skated back there. Nobody was on him. And he just (laughs) threw it back to them. Little plays like that, and I was just, like, face palming. But I think what that kind of tells you is it's a team that's losing focus. And and that's totally human nature. In a game like that, they were coming off a huge win against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and then they had to play Montreal. I, I think little pieces of evidence like that just show you it was a trap game. They were not focused on it. But that brings me to the point of they got two points. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that might have been one of their worst efforts of the entire season. They turned it on late, mostly thanks to their bottom six cuz I don't really think anybody in the top six did anything noteworthy the entire game other than Kokoniemi's shootout winner of course and Teravainen's beautiful goal in the shootout. I mean, shootout goals are cool, but in the first 65 minutes, man, I don't uh, that top six was brutal. But anyway, that was a. It ended up being a really big game because it, it looked really bad for a few minutes. The Hurricanes were down three to two to Montreal. Meanwhile, New Jersey was beating the Toronto. Uh, I almost said Blue Jays. Baseball season's back on. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs three to two. Next thing I know, I look up and the Maple Leafs have scored twice in regulation to win that game, give them zero points, and boom, the Hurricanes come back and win. So a huge night for the Hurricanes. Started up two points. Almost looked like they were going to be tied end up up four points. Um I don't know. What did you see last night, buddy?
0: I saw a team that managed to win a game even when they didn't look their best. Right. And I think that's important because I feel like in years past, this is a game that the Hurricanes would have lost badly. And granted, they almost did. <laughs> they almost did. Um. However, I think the Hurricanes showed a lot of resilience in that game. Again, the Jordan stall line comes through with a very clutch goal in a key moment, which is something they've done all season long. And, I mean, you can't talk about that game without, like, the poetic justice for Kanyemi at the end of that game. I mean, you know, he's scored, I think, at least two or three goals against Montreal since the offer sheet. scoring a goal that literally wins you the game just has to be really good for him like
1: (laughs) getting booed all night long and the i loved the like little i I don't know if he was actually waving or if maybe there was some one of his friends were there or something that he was pointing to but after he scored that shootout winner he was pointing to somebody in the stands and i was like
0: damn yeah i mean and here's the thing talk your shit (laughs) because I wish players would do this more often because, like, I, I, I'm a huge advocate for the NHL needing more personalities and and not more bad personalities, but just more personalities that fans don't like.
1: Yeah, not like, queuing up uh, Tony D'Angelo, spearing people, and then getting destroyed by an entire team last night.
0: Right, there's a, there's the there's the type of personality that's literally just like a shithead, and then there's the type of personality where it's like, like, damn, I hate that player when we're playing against him, but I'd love to have him on my team. Like the NHL needs more Brad Marchand's.
1: Tanner, you know,
0: I he doesn't have a personality though. He's just he's just a glorified enforcer.
1: Yeah, that's true. Tom Wilson,
0: Tom Wilson doesn't have a personality either. It's the same thing. He's a glorified enforcer. You need a player who will actually stir shit like Marchand does. You need more Brad Marchand. So the only person in the league who does that is Brad Marchand.
1: I guess so. And the Montreal media was like giving him opportunities to kind of shit on his former team too. But apparently, he was like very much the high road yesterday. Which yeah, because he's because he's a
0: professional and
1: he's he's smart. I still wish he would have kind of shit on him though.
0: <laughs> no, but here's the thing though, like. Canadian media are vultures mm. when it comes to stuff like that. And if you give them the opportunity, they will like construe his words. Yeah. Like they'll turn it into some quote and it won't even be anything he actually said. And it'll just to be get cl- it'll just be for clicks. Right. So that's why I applaud Coke Kenyami for taking the high road there. I don't have much else to say about that Montreal game. It was ugly. You got two points, you extended your division lead. Those are the teams you need to beat. And you did.
1: Yeah. It's a good night. And I mean, the one thing that we do need to kind of talk about from that. Rod did say post game that both the removals of um, Jalen Chatfield and auntie Ranta were precautionary. And now Mm -hmm. Piotr Kochekov is back from the Chicago wolves. Um, so I mean, it's still it's still probably like pretty precautionary, but at this point in the season, the Hurricanes can kind of afford, especially when you have a goalie like Kochetkov. Chicago's not in a playoff race or anything. You could afford to bring. They they're back in the playoff hunt.
0: Yeah, they're like six points out.
1: I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah,
0: and they're they're like really hot right now, and Dzingel's back. So I mean, with Kochetkov up. I don't I don't know, but I think I think there uh there's a chance.
1: Huh. Interesting. Well, I didn't even realize that. So good on them for getting back in the hunt. But anyway, still, it's more important for the Hurricanes to be winning games and to have Auntie Ranta healthy in case something happens to Freddie Anderson or if he just starts playing poorly in the postseason. So they can afford to give him a few days off. They got a guy like Kochekov you can bring in and you don't really lose anything, especially because he's been playing well lately, according to you. I honestly haven't been watching the AHL at all you <clears throat> no, he
0: scored a freaking goal
1: i mean i saw that yeah, yeah yeah. and he had a shutout going in that game too until there was like 20 seconds left and they broke it but I, i've seen the numbers but i can't say i've been actually watching him that's the point i'm trying to make here um yeah. so gladness I'm, I'm interested to see how he performs getting back in the nets obviously early in the year he was the story of the hurricanes early season success so uh I'm sure he's going to get in some game action. Rod's already made the comment that he there's not going to be any more back-to-back games, you know? He's going to alternate the goalies at this point, and that's not going to change just because they bring up Kochekov. So really interested to see what happens if and when he does get some game action.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if he starts against Philly tomorrow night. Um, obviously, this will be a little outdated by the time this gets out, but, like, you know, wouldn't surprise me at all if Piotr's the guy. Brandon, I do want to talk about that Tampa Bay game, though. Yes. Um like I don't want to talk too much about the Arizona game other than like it's great that Shane Goss despair was such a good fit right away. Right. Seems like he seems like his first two games with Carolina were very good. I know uh he was um a minus three at one point last night. I don't think any of the goals were directly his fault though.
1: Not really, no. But
0: um it's good seeing him fit right away. And I think that carried into that game against Tampa. I mean, Goss' looked great again. And um, I don't think the Hurricanes have had a more complete dominant effort on a good team this year. Right. Like, they've beaten the shit out of a few bad teams, but I've not seen them beat a good NHL team this soundly this season. I don't think.
1: Yeah. Now, I mean, I guess it deserves some saying that Tampa Bay has been playing like crap, but when you're playing against a team with Nikita Kucherov, Steven Stamkos, Braden Point, Andre Vasilevsky's their goalie, I'm not going to make too many excuses or try to downplay it. That was absolute and utter domination for at least 58 minutes. I mean, the Tampa Bay had like one little push to start the third period, and the Hurricanes got it back and stepped on their throats. Like – Start to finish, they absolutely dominated that game. Like you were talking about with Goss, Goss' bear just a minute ago. He gives the Hurricanes kind of a new element on the power play because even like Brent Burns, obviously he's an elite offensive defenseman. He's had a fantastic year. But Ghost is the kind of player, like he's shifty. He works the blue line so well and makes so many clever little plays on the blue line. Um, I can't remember. It might have been the goal where Kote Kanemi found Taravainen on the back door for like his second goal of the game. Maybe that little saucer pass he made was so slick. Cause he got it up so quick and down so quick. And, and uh, you know, everybody in the NHL can make a saucer pass, but the way he uh, did- it was
0: Taravainen's first because Taravainen's second was the go Um, the whips by, uh, Vasilevsky.
1: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, See, it was his first goal of the game. Coach Kinemi made a great seam pass after the Tampa Bay defender blew a tire. But um, that whole play kind of started by Goss' bear being in control on the blue line. He works that blue line so well. He's got a heavy shot. He's great vision. Like, he obviously the results have been immediate for what he's brought to this team. And it is really good, to your point, to see him start a game against a team like Arizona, get a goal in that game, and then follow it up with two-time defending champion, you know, know, two years ago, anyway, um, Tampa Bay Lightning, and to contribute in such a way, that was huge, it was a game the Hurricanes kind of needed to shut everybody up (laughs) to, you know, right after the trade deadline, it's like, why didn't they add this, and and hey, I'm not going to pretend I didn't play some level of a part in that, I, you know, maybe got sucked in a little bit, you did, you did. did, hey, I'm admitting it, leave me alone, um, but then they go out and have that kind of performance against the Tampa Bay lightning, you know, a little bit of rod and company can kind of sit back and be like, yeah, now shut the fuck up.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's, it's funny. You say that, like, you know, the game against Arizona in a way, I think reminded some people like, Oh crap, the Canes are a good team. But then again, it's Arizona, right? Like, you know, you can only do so much against Arizona because they're they're not a good hockey team. I'm sorry, they're not. And um I think it's funny that you know the Canes like were like okay. You you guys want us to remind you that we're legit and we're a great hockey team. Here's a 6 nothing dismantling of the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> I mean, here's the here's where you got to give credit to Rod like and Don Waddell. They believe in their team. And that game against Tampa is the perfect example of why. And I think people have had more rational takes now that the uh, the deadline has passed and that, you know, that they've gotten a chance to see the team and like be reminded that, oh, yeah, this is still a very elite NHL team, even without, you know, like the top six scorer that I know we all wanted them to get. When in the past. Two seasons have the hurricanes ha- or four seasons of the hurricanes had two elite power play quarterbacks they haven't yeah, that's my point. <laughs> they haven't. and gosh despair give, gave the hurricanes seven power play goals or something like that in two games. The hurricanes are better. the Tampa game. I mean, Teravine's hat-trick was awesome. Yisferi Kokaniemi was great in that game. I know I think all of his assists were secondary assists, but, like, they weren't all just, like, nothing plays. Like, he played a factor in all of those. Or he He played a role in all of those plays. I think that's important. And really just what I'm noticing from this team right now is, like, they've been playing at an elite level all year, and... The addition of Goss Despair allows this team to play at a better level, which is crazy. I didn't, you know, obviously we thought a scorer would help the team reach that higher gear, but honestly, like getting that power play help on the back end almost mattered just as much because if you're not moving the puck on the second power play unit, it doesn't really matter if you have a guy that can score, you know, Mm -hmm. like having the guy that could score helps, but like, Brady Shea was doing all right on that second unit, but seeing a true power play quarterback on that second unit shows me, like, oh crap, that's what the Canes were missing. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Poliari can bring. I don't expect him to have a very big role. In fact, I'm expecting him to slot in somewhere on the fourth line. But I, I think this is a player that, as he gets used to the system, could provide some. Offense and solid defensive ability, you know?
1: Yeah. And I I do think it's more of a moving forward move than an immediate. He's going to make this team a lot better move. He is going to upgrade this team. Derek Stepan played really well against Montreal. I'll say that, but I do think he's lost a step. I've I've said that a couple of times before. And that fourth line is just slow. Like none of them are good skaters. (laughs) Nason is not fast. Stastny, this ch- stage of his career, is not fast. Derek Stepan, definitely not fast. So that's a big injection of speed and youthful energy, physicality. And yes, at Puyo Yarby, his defensive metrics this year are outstanding. I don't know if you guys know that.
0: He was also leading the Oilers in hits, I believe. He
1: was. So you get that physical a- edge. You get another player that Rod's going to trust and be able to put out there in just about any situation. And, like, I, I've drawn this comparison already, actually. I, I wrote an article about the trade deadline a couple of days ago. It reminds me – I mean, there's there's a ton of similarities between him and the move to bring in Jesperi Kokaniemi. Obviously, they were acquired in different ways, but they're both former top five picks. They've both kind of stalled out with their original stops with flashes of brilliance. I mean – um, poirier did have, I think, like 14 or 15 goals last year and 35 points in 60-something games. That's pretty good production. That's on pace for over 40 points. And what is he, 23 years old now? I I can't remember his exact age. He's almost
0: 25.
1: Oh, is he? Okay. He'll be
0: 25 in there.
1: Still, a young player that's going to a system that's probably going to accentuate his playing style better than the Edmonton Oilers did. He's not going to be playing with McDavid, so he's probably not going to put up 40 points. But this is a guy that got drafted third overall for a reason. He's a good skater. He's got size. He can get to the interior of the ice. A lot of his points came from doing just that. And being on a team, I, I don't think you can understate the value of being in a room with Jesperi Kokonami, with Sebastian Aho, his former World Juniors linemate, Tara Vinen, Ronto. Obviously, we are Finland West. Should be nice, to yeah and, and and settle in with a bunch of his countrymen.
0: I'm so glad that you didn't bring up Nichushkin as your comparable. I was very worried that you were gonna do that for a split second Because um, I don't see Poliarvi being the same reclamation project as Nichushkin,
1: yeah. Bully RV
0: at best, at this stage in his career, is a third-line forward. You have to to be realistic. He's 25. He's entering his prime. He's entering the best hockey that he will play in his career. And right now, he's a fourth-line forward on the Carolina Hurricanes. He may only get a little better. Now, granted, in a system where Rod Brindamore utilizes him and maybe he finds his confidence again, whatever – Maybe he does reach a level that we didn't expect, but we have to be honest with this, and that's, yes, Ipuli Arvi is a fourth-line player on this team right now. I'm not even looking at the future. Yes, he's an RFA, but in my opinion, he has to earn that qualifying offer. And if he's playing on the fourth line, he's not getting qualified. The Canes may work out like a one-year prove-yourself deal for like, one and a half, two million dollars, kind of like yes for A.V., but it's a small time to show the Hurricanes that hey, this is this is what we view us. You, you know, yeah. I, I'm not as convinced that that move will make a huge impact. I liked the move a lot, and especially considering we gave up nothing for Yasi Pulleyrv, I like it. But the more I think about it, the more I'm like, all right, before. He plays a game like we we just need to be realistic about our expectations for the player. Watch me say all this on the podcast. It comes out on Friday, the night after Yessi Pugliarvi scores a hat trick in his Cane <laughs> Stadium. Just watch that happen. I just know the hockey guards are looking at me right now just laughing.
1: I mean, look, I don't expect him to turn into something that, you know the player everybody expected him to be when he was originally drafted fourth overall or anything like that but players have had kind of late career like later career turnarounds like there are instances where a player doesn't really peak until 29 30. I'm not saying it's
0: impossible I'm not saying that at all I just think
1: I don't know. That's the only point I'm trying to make is I have absolutely no idea what to expect from Paul RV. Like, I'm excited. I think what
0: to expect from him is what we've seen. Right. But like. If we get more than that, awesome.
1: But his floor, I think, in this system is a decent piece. Like, I think even right now what he brings as a big guy that can skate and is physical and is good defensively, I think that's an upgrade in this team's bottom, bottom six, fourth line. And maybe the offense never does come around, maybe, but maybe it does too, you know, like he fits in well with how this team wants to create offense off of turnovers, off of forechecking, getting on the cycle, getting pucks to the net. That plays to his strengths. So again, there's a wide variation of potential outcomes, if you ask me. But I think there's some upside to it as well. And I think it could be one of those instances where people are looking back like, damn, he really did just need to get out of Edmonton, you know? Oh yeah. And I, I think,
0: you know, if if Pooley RV outperforms his expectations here, like that's a win for the Hurricanes. And if he if he plays better than a fourth line forward, I think the Hurricanes, you know, have a better shot at winning the cup. Yeah. At the end of the day, it comes down to whether or not Anderson stays healthy, though. yeah, he You can't still- win with Piotr and Ronto. We saw that last year. Even with a Piotr, who is better than he was last year. He's still not at the level where he can carry your team to a Stanley Cup. You have to have Anderson healthy. Um, I like what Rod's doing with alternating goalies Um. I would even say in the last like two or three games of the season I would even think about not playing Anderson maybe in the last game or two.
1: Yeah. And bring up Jameson Reese.
0: I think he's a black ace for the playoffs. I really
1: do. Dude, I would love that.
0: Especially if Chicago doesn't make the playoffs, what what do the canes have to lose by calling up Drury, Reese, Suzuki, um Honka? Nothing. Nothing. So that's my point.
1: All right, guys. Tracking the score is a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network. We're going to take just a quick second and get a word from our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Folks, are y'all ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook? The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet the weekend of the 17th through the 19th. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus back up to $10. $10. So you can keep an eye on the UNC Tar Heels. Oh, wait, never mind. They're not in it. Well, how about the red-hot Duke Blue Devils, baby, playing some of their best ball of the season at just the right time? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code X New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code XXX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes wherever you get our podcast for important details.
0: And we are back. We back. Yeah. So, Brandon. We are getting to my favorite time of the year. And I say that sarcastically. It is college free agent season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the most useless players that will come into your team's farm system.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> no, Now, Granted, like, you know. Jeremy, well, season, baby. College free agency comes at a time when the trade deadline has passed and there's nothing to talk about in the NHL. Like, we've been so used to having like trades to debate about and like all this stuff. And now, like, all the news we have this week is like Houston and Atlanta are interested in having NHL teams, but the NHL said no. Like, that's it. (laughs) That's the news we get. So, like, I get it. College free agents are a way for reporters and insiders and whoever to make a big deal out of what is ultimately very unlikely to be in. Right. Like, obviously, Griffin Mendel has worked out for Chicago, like the, the Wolves. He's been, I think, a consistent top four defenseman there this year. But he's on an AHL contract. They just signed another guy to an amateur tryout. Don't expect anything from that. Like,
1: from Sacred Heart.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's a time of year that I'm like, all right, if the Canes or the Wolves sign one of these players, I'll talk about it briefly, but I'm not putting any stock in these players. Right. The last, like, truly impactful college free agent Canes signed was Andrew Podorowski. Only- obviously that worked out for the Hurricanes at an AHL level, but not at an NHL level. Right. Actually worked out for them at an AHL level twice. He won two Calder Cups with the Hurricanes. But yeah, I the the reason I bring up college free agent season is that obviously means that players are able to sign once their college seasons are done. All eyes are on Scott Morrow right now because his season just ended like 30 minutes ago as we recorded this. Morrow watch has begun. Brandon, like, Scott Morrow could be a contracted player by the Carolina Hurricanes sometime this week.
1: Do you think that's actually going to happen, though?
0: I think it's possible. I think he's done all he can in college. Like, yes, his defensive game is not where it needs to be, But I don't think that's improving in college.
1: Yeah, I
0: think he needs work with the Hurricanes development staff. Honestly, I think time at the end of the year, like in Chicago, will be great for him because you know, getting a taste of the pro game is going to be huge for him. Because then he can take that into his summer training and be like, "All right, those lessons that he learned from his AHL games." Use them in his summer training, get better in time for training camp. Ultimately, I think he spends time in Chicago next season if he does sign. But, you know, I think I think signing right now could be beneficial for him. Part of me also leans towards like well, I say that, but his his defensive game really does not inspire a lot of confidence. So maybe he does need another year of college. But I I don't know. I've flip flopped a bit this year.
1: Yeah, but I mean, again, how much better is it going to get playing against college kids that 90% would never even come close to the NHL? You know, you say that, but
0: Hockey East is really good. And even if it doesn't, de- even if they're not developing like a ton of high end NHL players right now, they're still developing a lot of pro players. Yeah. And like, you know, if he was if he was playing, like, I'm just going to throw a team out there. Like, if, if he was playing for Wisconsin this year, like, this year's Wisconsin Badgers, and had the option to sign, like, hell yeah, I'd be leaving right away. Like, yes, the Big Ten develops a lot of NHL players, and Michigan's a unit. But that team's not really going anywhere. I, I, I also could say the same for UMass right now their recruiting class for next year is just kind of okay. Um, they're getting two NHL draft picks. They're getting Dan Slakmelis, um, who's currently playing for Lulia's under-20 team, doing really well there. Uh, and then they're also getting Cameron O'Neill, who is a senator's pick that's playing for Tri-City. He's a forward that's actually not doing that well this year. So we'll, we'll see where that goes. But defensively they're not really adding any any big recruits their biggest recruit Larry Keenan submitted to Penticton next year so he's not even coming so if I'm Scott Morrow I'm turning pro that's just me though
1: that'd be interesting to watch I I do think there is some upside in getting those pro reps and getting with that you know training conditioning program and yada yada but Either way, I don't think Morrow is like super close to the NHL. So he's,
0: he's at least, at least, at the very least, a year away, likely more.
1: Like a full year, maybe gets called up at the end of the year if he shows a lot of strides, kind of thing.
0: No, he gets a full year. And the reason I say call up is usually good teams aren't calling up prospects. Yeah. But at the you end know, of the year.
1: Injuries or something could happen next year. You never know.
0: Sure, but the way the Canes have operated, they'd rather have, like, those NHL vets, you know? That's true. Um, like, Jack Drury, that's the whole reason, like, Jack Drury got called up because he's an NHL player. <laughs> he just happens to be in the AHL.
1: I kind of feel bad for Drury, like, having to spend this entire year down in the AHL because I think in, like, at least 20 maybe 25 other teams he's probably been in the nhl the entire year
0: yeah but at the same time it's still good for him there's stuff that he can do to improve his game in the ahl so speaking of college brandon let's talk about massimo rizzo a little bit um name to the nchc that's that's a tongue twister right there
1: first team all nchc yeah
0: (laughs) That That's a tongue twister. First team all NCHC, which is a big deal. He's he's one of the best players in his conference. I'd actually argue he was the best. He led the conference in scoring. And honestly, I, I love the way Rizzo plays, man. He, he's got pro speed. He's a great playmaker, has that hockey sense. The one question I have is whether he can score goals or not. Um, But he can sure as hell set them up. Um, Rizzo's a great four-checker in my opinion he's ready to take the next step um it certainly wouldn't hurt him if he played another year at um denver but at, at his age he's he's ready to take the step the next step into the pros
1: that is kind of where i was like leaning towards going he's only 21 he'll turn 22 in a couple of months here but for a sophomore he's also played like he played an extra year with coquitlam shout out um
0: yeah shout out shout out to the express
1: (laughs) um so he's really like junior aged and i mean 17 goals and 46 points in 36 games this year that's a hell of a season at the college level um that kind of production you'd like to think could carry over to the ahl and you know down the line hopefully the nhl if he continues to continues to round out his game shows he can carry it over against pro players. Um, not a guy that was like on you know he he was probably on nobody's radar really. He was a former seventh round pick and has really just turned I know you and I's heads a lot in the years since he was drafted. But um, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I think he, I think he, I hope he signs. I, I would really like to see him come into the AHL next year, see what he has with Chicago, get some games at the end of this year, um. It's always fun to have that fresh blood come into the a h l lineup late in the year and see what they can do, like Noel Guner last year,
0: yeah, Vasily Panamarov was one right. of the brightest spots, like honestly, I was shocked like as to how well he played at the end of the year um really, it put Panamarov on my radar as being a player like, oh, okay, like he's not just like two years away, he might be one year away, you know, right. um. This year the Wolves could be getting some very interesting prospects. They could be getting Scott Morrow. They could be getting um I'm just kidding. Say Martin Natchez. I think Cruz Lucius. Cruz Lucius. As fun as I think that is, I think he's back with Wisconsin next year. And after okay. that, he's done.
1: Yeah, I guess so too.
0: Um I think that you know. Massimo Rizzo's an option i don't I don't know how likely that is, but it's an option. um Alexei Hemosalmi could be coming over. um It may be a case of like last year they want you know Hemosalmi to rest up because it's a long year, and especially with the world juniors on top of that, he's played a lot of hockey this year
1: yeah
0: um you know, I look at some of the other players that could be signing. If Karpat loses in the first round again, Vili Koivinen's a player that could be that could be coming over. You know, that's about it. I'm gonna be Jackson honest, Jackson Blake. Jackson Blake's staying in college.
1: Yeah, I know he's too small. He's
0: got to get a little bigger. He he's ready. Like he offensively, he's ready, but everything else about his game, just he just needs a little bit more time to season. You know, right. get a step faster. Um, add like 10-15 pounds of muscle he'll be good to go his dad's an NHL former NHLer you know he's got a good weight room anyways yeah the Canes could be getting or the Wolves could be getting Scott Morrow Massimo Rizzo, Alexi Himasalmi, Vili Koivinen the reason I'm not saying ju- uh, Justin Robidot isn't because he's not signing it's because I expect Quebec to go on a decent playoff run in the QMJHL. And I'm hoping that they're not eliminated before Chicago
1: is.
0: (laughs) Like, I want Robida to get as much playoff experience as he can.
1: Yeah. How's he been since he went to Quebec? I feel like his numbers have fallen off a little bit.
0: He's not playing on the first line. I don't think he's on the first power play there. So he's a point-per-game player, but he's not in the same role. He's actually been, like, downgraded in their lineup. So he's on, he's like, there's 2C and their second power play center. Still doing well as a point per game player, but definitely not as well. Plus, it's an adjustment, you know, getting traded.
1: Yeah, sure. Unless you're uh, Shane Gosses Bear. <laughs>
0: Just some other prospect stuff I want to touch on real quick. I uh, saw a tweet the other day about um, a prospect that I never talk about, ever, actually. Cade Weber. Cade Weber was a fourth round pick in 2019. Pretty um big, toolsy, and very raw. But he's not, though. He's 6'7, which is big. He's just a defensive defenseman. He's a great shutdown defenseman. He's one of those players that probably only is a third pairing defenseman at best, you know. But the the tweet was from um, was quoting Boston university's assistant coach. And they were saying that Cade Weber is the best defensive defenseman in hockey East. He's got one more year of eligibility. I think he takes that extra year at BU um, just to really hone in his defense, get a little, um, hopefully get a little better offensively, but yeah, you're, you're getting shut down defense from him if he comes to the NHL. I'm still not convinced that he signs, but it is neat seeing his coaches have that much faith in him by saying that, you know. Yeah. Oh, Don sorry. that's another player that could sign. Sorry, just thought of that. Anyways, that's prospect talk. We're Thank done you. now with Prospect All Talk. Right. You can
1: That is your prospect's corner update for the week. Um before we get out of here, I-, I do just want to look ahead ever so slightly and talk about the next couple of weeks of games. By the time you guys are hearing this, I got to work tomorrow. So I'm not, it's not going to be out until Friday morning. So the Philadelphia game will have already happened. But that means we are looking at a hellacious stretch to finish out the month of March. The Hurricanes get the Golden Knights on home ice, then a back to back where they have to go play at New Jersey, which is a very, very big game for obvious reasons. Then you play a good Winnipeg Jets team, and then a tough little three game road trip where you see the Toronto Maple Leafs a back to back against the Philadelphia Flyers and then at the New York Rangers. And that'll be a little home and home actually cuz because the next game after that is once again the Rangers this time at PNC Arena. And then finishing out the month with Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay, and a decent, not great but decent Detroit Red Wings team. They're not like a playoff team but they haven't been horrible this year. They are a actually- Red
0: Wings team that got notably worse at the deadline.
1: Yeah, and they did just lose. They have lost six games in a row as I'm sitting here saying this. And they are beating the Blackhawks right now, actually. So there you go. They just scored to take the lead with four minutes left in the third. Oh, it's the
0: Blackhawks. So.
1: Yeah, and they're struggling with them. So I don't know. Maybe that game's not as tough as I thought at first, but still, um, that is a really, really difficult stretch of games. I said in that article where I talked about the Hurricanes' deadline moves. We're going to find out pretty quick here if the Hurricanes, you know, quote-unquote, did enough. Um, you know, i I don't not going to put too much stock into these last few games, but I think home ice advantage is important, man. I think home ice could be I, – I think the Devils and Hurricanes are close enough in talent and how good they are that home ice could be the thing that sways that series if it ends up happening. So – it's a really big month, man. That's a really, really tough slate of games. And I I'm really interested to see how it works out for the Hurricanes. It'd be really nice if Pullyarby can come in and give them a nice little lift again in that bottom six. And um they really need guys like Yesberry Kokaniami, Andre Svechnikov, Martin Natches to continue their really strong play of late the Montreal game, notwithstanding.
0: I I agree. I, there's there's not a, a sentence that you said that I disagree with. I'm gonna keep it short because like this is the bi- biggest test of the season, probably.
1: Playoffs you starting know. early, man. Like, really. It's kind of a cliche, but, like, the playoffs really are kind of starting early. Like, this is the kind of slate you're going to see in the postseason. season. Yeah. Americans are going to have to play playoff hockey from here on out.
0: Yeah, and I think I think they're ready for it. I think this is a team that was built to win in the playoffs. Like, I'm still going to be honest. I, I don't like the Rangers' moves. Like, I don't. I think – that that's a team that made moves because, just for the sake of making moves. A lot of analysts are trying to give the Rangers a lot more credit than I think they deserve because Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko aren't the same players they used to be. I'm sorry. That may be an unpopular opinion, but they're not the same players at all.
1: Tarasenko makes them a little bit better. I a little know. bit,
0: but Kane, Kane has the potential to make that team worse.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, they've lost, let's see, four out of five, six out of their last eight.
0: Yeah. The the Rangers
1: before the trade deadline, but still.
0: The Rangers have not played well lately. And you know, obviously it's not just two players, like the players they added do not help that team defensively.
1: Right. And I think that is their bigger issue. They're really good offensively. They're Their team defense is their issue because I like their blue line. Ryan Lindgren's are pretty good shutdown defensemen. Adam Fox is one of the very best in the entire world. Keandre Miller working his way into being one of the best defensemen in the entire world. Like there's a lot of talent on that blue line, but a lot of it's because of how bad their forwards are defensively. Their team defense is probably some system stuff too, but, um, Adding Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko to a team that does have that little bit of a flaw, it could hurt more than it could hurt more than it helps them. Seriously,
0: yeah, no, I agree. I think I think there's a there's a chance for that. I mean, and you know, I'm not sitting here saying like that the Canes should not be afraid of the Rangers. You know, like I'm just saying that the Hurricanes have the talent right now and the depth to beat the Rangers. They have the talent and the depth to match up with anybody in the league. I I truly believe that. Even Boston. Truly. Like, I truly believe that this, this Carolina Hurricanes team is special and can do big things in the playoffs. So, folks, thank you for listening to us. Thanks for bearing with us last week. Obviously, I know it's not ideal having just one of us on the podcast, but trust me, you did not want Brandon's audio on that podcast. I I, (laughs) I will I will. uh, – we've done you a favor by sparing you that. Take some time to enjoy these next few weeks before the grind of the playoffs starts because once that starts, it's going to get to be stress season. And, folks, moral watch has begun, and it is a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan. Thank you.